Lucky Land slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to a very special episode of Rabbit and Red Radio. Special because it is an interview-only episode, where for the next 45 minutes, I will sit down and talk to the great Mike Perez about everything from his involvement in horror documentaries such as Crystal Lake Memories, Never Sleep Again, It, The Story of Pennywise, and many more. We get into his love for the Halloween franchise, and so much more in this very in-depth interview. So do not miss it. I will be right back with the interview after this. Are you terrified by real life? Us too! You like horror movies? Us too! Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies. And all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th! All right, well, welcome back to Rabbit and Red Radio. It's Michael J. here, and um, it is my distinct pleasure to introduce and be joined by Mike Perez. He is the nicest gentleman um, probably in the um, industry that I know of. He has a huge part in the history of this show, and here he is. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Always good to be back in uh, in support of your station. I mean, you guys, you guys rock. So I'm I'm all for it. And I mean, you are like the man of many talents. Um, to me, honestly, you. Uh, I mean, obviously, um, I know a lot of people probably say that you have the coolest job in the world. I mean, I I thought that from the moment that I saw that you don't only you know <laughs> manage. But you're involved in all these like great um, documentaries and stuff. It's it's amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, some people would you know say, you know, I do, you know, I'm the man of many talents, as you said. Or I mean, there's different ways of putting it. Mm-hmm. I just look at it as I get bored easily. So if I'm not constantly doing something different, and I mean, it's got to be revamped every time. You know, I just get bored, and I would you know, hate it and not do it. But, you know, the thing is, you know, documentaries is, you know, by the time we get done with one, like I'm kind of over it mm-hmm. because it's so, I mean, it's draining uh, to, you know, have to watch a movie over and over and over and over again. And then you hear some of the same stories and, you know, it, it's so I'm lucky enough to be able to do another one, which is, it just kind of, it's a refresh. So it's hard to get bored with uh, the documentaries, for sure. Uh, you know, conventions, on the other hand, are, you know, booking at Comic-Cons. It's just, it's a different experience every time. So that doesn't really get boring, you know. So, yeah, I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be able to do what I do. Well, so what was the, the like, the driving force that made you kind of, like, want to say, you want to get involved with this, like, with with all facets of what you do? Like, what made you kind of take that well, step there there wasn't really a driving force 
um, it's that really generic answer of I fell into it by accident mm. and it's completely true uh, you know I I grew up in Michigan I went to college in Phoenix and then I moved to LA to you know pursue singing uh, I'm a singer some know this some don't uh, I still do it I, I'm still singing but you know the thing is is like I I fell into everything by accident uh, my good friend Tuesday night who was one of the stars of A Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Uh, you know, she was just, she, we became really, really, really good friends. And I was contacted because someone knew that I knew her and asked me if I had ever done a horror convention. And I had never even heard, I didn't even know what that was. So they kind of talked me through it, what it was. And I was like, it sounds interesting. And so I, I booked her and I went with her and like both of us were just kind of blown away with this whole underground fan base that exists. And it just kind of, it was weird just the way that it, I mean, it was shocking to see the fans and what they love and how, you know, just how much this, the films like change their lives and everything else. And, you know, and then from Tuesday, like she, recommend she knew lots of people and she's like oh you should represent this person or this person or this person and you know and then it just kind of it, it kind of avalanched into a a bigger thing and now i have about you know 65 clients and you know and i'm very lucky with the clients that i have they're all very wonderful people um have all become good friends you know just it yeah and then you know just I, and again, with the documentaries, like it just happened. I was repping these people. A lot of them happened to have been in some of the same movies or same franchise. And and then I met Tommy Hudson, who was getting ready to start uh, Never Sleep Again, The Elm Street Legacy. He brought me on board. And that was, you know, a bunch of us together as fans who kind of knew what fans wanted. And it just it really worked and uh i'm so happy to have been a part of that um and that just parlayed into doing more and now i've done i don't know how many yeah and that was with me too i have to say with you know you guys knowing what fans wanted i mean never sleep again was the first doc that i think i ever watched and before that came along i was like oh, documentaries i don't know what's this and then i heard about that and i'm like uh I'll give it a shot. And you guys, like, yeah. nailed it. I mean, it was just because we we are fans. I mean, Elm Street is such a huge franchise, and all of us have been watching those films forever. And there was so much. I mean, Tommy Hudson was friends with Heather Langenkamp and Lisa Wilcox. I knew I was good friends with uh, Tuesday Night, Kelly Jo Minter, uh, and a, a bunch of others, and we just brought them all together, and it kind of blew up, and we found so many people who, you know, have just had moved on in life, and it took a lot of searching. We brought them all back together, and it just, we knew what we wanted to hear, mm -hmm. so if we wanted to hear it, we knew the fans did, because, again, we were fans, so it was really you know, we were doing this, one, because it was fun, and two, because there was so much we wanted to know. And that's it. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the, it's probably one of the best in-depth making of featurettes that you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 four hours, and that's amazing. And then, you know, you get into um, uh, Crystal Lake Memories, and that in and of itself is, oh, I mean, yeah. I read the book, and then it's like the documentary is like a video version of the book, but so much more. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it was Peter did such a great job writing that book. And he is like, he is a Friday the 13th aficionado connoisseur. Like that's his thing. And he did such a beautiful book. And when Daniel Ferens and wanted to do, and Tommy Hudson wanted to do, the documentary um i mean there was his name was jason first mm -hmm. um but we were like we loved what peter did with the book and it was like how 
can we make it as good as the book? And it just, it, there were so many more avenues. We, we found more people. Um, you know, I still feel like finding Jennifer Cook was my biggest success oh. in the documentary. Cause you know, it's, she's, she's a wonderful person and she's just one of those people that the fans have wanted to know where is she? What is she doing? Has she even talked about this? So I felt really good the minute she called me and said, I'll do it. Like, the minute I hung up, like I was screaming on the inside, like a, a teenage girl, mm -hmm. like I was just freaking out. Like it was, I knew that that was going to be a big moment in the documentary. Oh, it definitely was. Cause you know, it's like she disappeared and you know, you didn't know what was going on with her, but it was just amazing. Well, yeah, I, brought like, them all together. I found, yeah, I mean, I found so much about her. Like, uh, I, I found her through her husband mm -hmm. And then I found out her and her husband like created Celestial Teas, which is like one of the biggest beverage phenomena out there in any grocery store. Like they, she's built this huge empire. So, you know, the fact that she hadn't acted or talked about it, like it's completely understandable because she has this huge venture. So, you know, it's just, and that's part of the fun of all this is finding these people and what are they doing? What have they been up to? And then, you know, getting them to tell their stories again. Like, it's so fascinating. And then, um, well, More Brains, I think, was before? That was before Crystal Lake Memories, right? More Brains was before Crystal Lake Memories. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was another one. And I'm so glad that Scream Factory was able to include that on the, uh, you know, the recent release of Return of the Living Dead that they did. I know, isn't that great? That I mean, I, I was completely honored. Like that, I mean, that was fantastic. Uh, they, I mean, Shout Factory does so many great releases, especially when it comes to releasing um, these gem of a horror films. You know what I mean? It's you've got these films that we all watched on VHS, and then they never got a DVD release, and then suddenly, like, here comes Shout Factory, and they release these fantastic nostalgic horror films that are so campy and classic it's it's wonderful i love that company i love them exactly there i mean and i mean they must be wonderful to deal with i would hope on the uh, you know with all that but um, absolutely yeah um but what else do you have coming up in that area i mean i know that there's um the uh the pennywise documentary that's coming out um yeah uh a year ago we well before about two years ago, we uh, we did uh, RoboCop, right. and that was an experience. We all got together, and we just we were like, okay, well, you know, we're going to do maybe a two-hour feature on this franchise. And after every person we got a confirmation from or interviewed, like, we'd get four more off of them. Like, they would call someone and be like, you have to do this. So that just, I mean, it blew up into, it's going to be another, like, four-hour documentary. It's its insane of how big it blew up. And then, so that is going to be coming out, I believe November is the is an approximate date. Um, we're, we're really trying to get it out quick because it has been a while, but like I said, it... It, it's, it keeps growing like it's growing before our, our very eyes even now there's so much to tell and we don't want to leave anything out so it's been a process and then last year we started Pennywise the story of it mm -hmm. and that's been a super fun experience I mean we did a lot of interviews here in LA we went up to Vancouver for a week because you know that was shot in Vancouver so we did a location shoot you know, we interviewed a lot of people who were still living up there. We went to New York. Like, I mean, it's it's so, it's in-depth. And it's just going to be another one of those docs that the fans are going to love because it's everything that they've been wanting to know. You know, it's, it's I'm, I'm super excited. And Pennywise should be released in October. And were you able to get Tim Curry for that one? We did, yes. We interviewed Tim. Tim was our very first interview. Okay, great. Because I know that, you know, with his health lately, I was curious as to if he was able to, like, participate. But yeah, you know, he he's a, you know, Tim is a very uh, strong individual. You know, he pushes through. Like, he does not let um, his health stand in the way of what he loves. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's definitely a, he's a fighter. 
and that's great. I'm so glad. I cannot wait for that one. And the RoboCop one, you know, that one too. It's just, um, it's amazing what you guys do. I mean, do you have anything else, like aside from that, that you can tell us about that's that's in the pipeline, anything well, like that? Well, we're starting now. We are in officially in pre-production on uh, Police Academy, uh, and it's a little, it's 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 something that's different. It's most of the, you know, all the documentaries that I've done have been on horror, and the reason is because horror has that cult following. Like, it's, you know, unless you're doing, like, a making of feature for something that's a movie that's getting a special edition release or you're doing something for television, uh, it's hard to do a making of because we could do one of, I'm going to do a random movie here and say, what's a movie, what's the name of a movie that everyone loves that's not horror? Um... Oh, geez. Uh, the Godfather. Okay. Yeah, we could do one on The Godfather. But though people love it, it's not really cult. Like, there, it just doesn't have that extreme, huge fan base following where, you know, these people want to collect things. Like, it's something new. Like, they, it just doesn't have it. Like, we could do it, and then people would forget about it in months. Right. But when it comes to horror, that's forever. It's forever. And these fans are, you know, they just want it. It's like, oh, my God, you're releasing something new. And then it's something new that they can take to conventions and meet the stars of the movies and have them sign it. And it's just something more. So we kind of stepped out with Police Academy um, because there isn't a horror fan that I don't know that doesn't love these movies. And so we just thought, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's try something different. So here we go. And we're officially in pre-production. We have so many of the cast and crew on board, and we still have so much more to announce. Um, I mean, we've, we've already announced tons of people who are doing it, but there's so many more that we haven't yet. So, uh, you know, thanks to everyone who, who pledged and made it happen because, you know, for us, it's, it's a dream to get to do this and it's, you know, it's a, it's definitely, I'm, su I'm super grateful that I get to do this for a living. I, I couldn't be more thankful. That's, I mean, really, I can't wait for any time that you guys are, you know, you come out with something. It's just, it's amazing to me because I know that it's going to be a quality product. Really? Oh, well, I mean, thank you. I... And I mean, I, I know, that people are going to say, you know, Halloween had 25 years of terror and this and that, but, you know, you guys really need to get your hands on that. I mean, I know the first one has been covered to death, but I want something yeah, on the sixth I, one. Yeah, you know, I, it's, Halloween is something that has constantly been brought up, mm. but there are, um, it's a very protected franchise. Right, and sometimes the powers that be mm -hmm. won't allow us to do certain things. So Halloween's come up a few times, but it's nothing. It just ha it just hasn't been able to take off. Oh. It just hasn't. Which I agree. I'm Halloween is probably my favorite horror franchise, mm -hmm. and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And most people are shocked when I say that I'm not really a horror fan. Um, I do love cheesy 80s horror films, and I do love the big franchises that, you know, started late 70s, early and through the 80s. Right. But, I mean, that's about my love of horror. Like, I mean, I'm a Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween fan, um, Child's Play. I will occasionally jump off into, like, uh, The Fright Nights, and uh, sleepaway camps, but I mean, I'm very limited when it comes to horror because I, I just, I can't like gore really bothers me. Like it's very hard for me to watch. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Halloween is definitely one of my favorites, and I would love to cover it. So I mean, if any, if the powers of be are going to listen to this, I would love to cover it. You know, come, you know, call me, call me. 
uh, you know, I would love to do it. I mean, it would be a huge honor to be able to cover Halloween in depth of the way that we've covered these other franchises. I mean, we've had Malik on the show before, so I would love to be able to, uh, you know, if I could maybe reach out to him again. And uh... Malik is such an amazing guy. I love that dude so much. I mean, he... I, there are really no words. I mean, he has done such an incredible job at keeping his father's legacy alive. And, I mean, and he's been around, you know, and he's been involved, I think, since, what, the fourth or the fifth one? I, I think, yeah, I think the fourth or the fifth is when maybe he started as, like, uh, an assistant or something. So Yeah, something like that. And... So he's done such an amazing job at, at keeping this franchise going. And with the, you know, the, I mean, look at what's happening right now with the new Halloween getting ready to come out. And I mean, people are just clamoring for it. Like, I, I mean, for two, three days straight, mm-hmm. everything that was on my timeline on any of my social medias was nothing but Halloween. Oh, it was exactly. all Halloween. That's all. I mean, I, I still can't go through my Facebook timeline like and look at my feeds without seeing half of it being Halloween. Right. Exactly. And that's that's another thing that I got into a debate with a lot of people over because they're not happy that well, some of them aren't happy that they're ignoring all the well, other ones. Okay, I have to I I have to like there's a part of me that's mm-hmm. there with that. Right. I, I am I'm um, I am gonna group myself into that people because like you I'm a fan mm-hmm. and they're so and I am a little annoyed that here's my here's the thing I saw the trailer mm-hmm. and uh, and it looks scary I'm gonna give them that it looks scary and it looks like it's gonna scare the pants off of me but I feel like it's like h2o again right i can see that i can you know i feel i just feel like it's h2o remake and i'm kind of like why you know i know blumhouse like they're fans they love this franchise and in my head like if i were in charge this is what i would have done Mm -hmm. i i mean bringing back jamie lee curtis is obviously something that the fans are going to love because who doesn't love Lori strode but I feel like the Laurie Strode character is done, in my opinion. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of done with it. Like I've seen it in four movies, four four movies, and it's like let's let's carry it on. Like I just feel like there's so many more holes and things from the previous films. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamie Lloyd had a baby. Why don't we continue there? You know what happened to. Paul Rudd and Marion Hagen's mm-hmm. characters. What exactly. you know? Um, what happened to Laurie Strode's son? You know, it's like let's 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 fill in the holes and let's you know let's do something more original on an i an idealistic that's already standing franchise. But let's keep going and let's keep the the legacy and the curse of Michael Myers going. You know, I just you know I'm I'm nervous. I have so many conflicting feelings and thoughts about it that I it makes me want to see the new one even more because they may not even be showing us a pinch of what's going to be happening right. in that film like we I mean they could completely touch base on all these things without being part of those sequels I mean I guess we'll see right <laughs> right I mean but I'm with you, like I said, because 6 is my favorite one, so I would love to see what happened with those characters, because they kind of, you know, left them out in the cold. And I know that um, that Daniel Ferrance had great ideas to continue, but they just didn't want to do it. And that was one of the things that kind of irked me about H2O, was that they ignored right. all of that. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. And But see, even when H2O happened... Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed H2O. I really did. And I kind of got why, like, as a fan and a fan of the storyline, I, I understood and it was forgiving. Like, I was able to forgive the fact that they didn't bring up any of that other stuff. Like, right. because she's 
it's all these years later, like, it would have been so many years since, you know, for the fact is, whatever, I, I guess in the story that she faked her death, and so I understand, like, when you go into, like, hiding and protection, you have to wipe out everything in your past, and maybe she felt like leaving her daughter with a different family, like, that was the right thing to do and maybe for her safety and you know I like in my head I kind of I tried to connect the dots myself so it was a little more forgiving and um but you're right six is my favorite too that is absolutely my favorite one now let me ask you mm -hmm. do you like the theatrical or the producer's cut better well see here's the thing I mean the first I was obviously exposed to the theatrical first because I saw that in the theater opening weekend that was like uh you know, that was my thing, and I fell in love with it instantly. Um, but, you know, then the producer's cut came along, and I was like, you know, I like the way that they explore this a little more. Granted, it changes the, the, the story a little bit, but I still kind of dug it. So I guess, you know, I like both of them, but I guess because the, the theatrical was the first one that I saw, I kind of have a softer spot for that one. I don't know. But I like them, you know, well, I like he, them both. Yeah, see, I do too. But to me, mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost two different movies. Right, no, it totally is. I agree with you 100%. Like, literally, the first time I saw the producer's cut, I mean, I immediately called Dan and I told them, I said, this is fantastic. I'm like, I feel like I got, like, double the pleasure because I felt like I was getting to watch two different movies. Mm -hmm. And I do love the theatrical, don't get me wrong. I love the theatrical version, but I also really like the producer's cut. And it, they both have, it's almost like it's two different movies. Right, and it's it kind of gives more background to the whole Thorn thing, and that, you know, because I don't mind that that's whole important. Thorn storyline. That's, that's important. I love it's the It's very important because a lot of people, they they dog on Halloween 6 because of the Thorn storyline. They're like, what is that about? It doesn't make any sense. But see, you need, because with the theatrical, it's there, but they never take it anywhere. Like, right. it only tells you so much. If you watch the producer cuts, it makes a little more sense. You know? And then people would understand it. But a lot of, you know, a lot of people just, they felt like Halloween 6 just went on its own little way. And but, you know, if you saw the appropriate, like if Dan's version had been made, right. I think people would have forgave it a bit, a bit more. Oh, there was, what, like 11 drafts, I think, of that script? I think so, something like that, yeah. And, I mean, it just seems like there was so much more there that they didn't even shoot. So Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Halloween 6 is always going to have a very special place in my heart, um, especially since I'm lucky enough to represent the cast of Halloween 6. Oh. I mean, I just went out there, like, you know, the uh, promoter of Monster Mania, a really big horror convention on the East Coast, mm -hmm. he told me, he came up to me after we were doing the show, and he said, I was there doing a Return Living Dead reunion, and he came up to me and he said, no, this is awesome, we love Return Living Dead, it was a huge turnout, he goes, I would really kind of like to do a Halloween 6 reunion. And I said, oh, that's interesting. But I didn't really, I couldn't really guarantee anything because for some reason, the cast had been labeled as like the ungettables. Like they didn't want to talk about the movie or something. Mm -hmm. Well, they all jumped on board within minutes. Like I got their emails, emailed all of them, and they were all on board within a day of me doing it. And it just, it took off, and they are the nicest, sweetest, laid-back, down-to-earth people that I've had run into in a while in Hollywood. I mean, granted, all of my clients are easy. I, I don't work with difficult people. I can't do it. Right. But these guys, I have so much fun with. Um, I love going to conventions with them. I mean, it's such a good time. But obviously, like, um, Paul is, is, he doesn't fall under that, or you, you don't. Well, here's the thing. I, you know, and it was like a big convention scandal, and it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, I had booked two Halloween six reunions. One was in at Monster Mania, mm -hmm. 
in uh, New Jersey, and the other one was at Whorehound in uh, Indianapolis, right. and they were literally within a month a, a month apart. Well, I never stopped trying to get Paul to do one. And because, you know, I had talked to Dan and Dan Ferentz told me that he had run into Paul and Paul was like, why don't I ever get invited to any Halloween stuff? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try. Well, I got a hold of him. I got a hold of his agent and his agent got, we got on a three-way call and Paul said, I will do this if the other cast members are on board. And I said, they are, they're already booked. And he said, okay, well then I'll do it. And he was going to donate money to charity and everything else. But what happened was, and we did not know this, and he didn't know this, in his contract with Disney because of Ant-Man, he is a Wizard World exclusive. Like, he cannot do any other form of public appearance that is not Wizard World or that is not of what Disney sets up. And he couldn't do it because it would have turned into legal actions and we tried everything. He was like, can I just, he's like, I'm donating the money to charity. They said, no. He said, what if I just go and find only Halloween stuff? Only he goes, not clueless, not anything else, just Halloween. Mm -hmm. They said, no. Wow. Um, so we tried, we really did. We tried everything we possibly could to try to get around it, but it deemed too difficult and it went against the contract. And at the end of the day, you don't want to piss off the mouse. That is such a shame because aside from, I mean, Donald Pleasance is my favorite actor of all time. And after seeing Halloween six, Paul stepped into the uh, second spot. And I was really, really looking forward to meeting him. Like, yeah, a lot of people were and you know, and, uh, you know, I got, (laughs) I got, you know, the the crap kicked out of me for a little while for that but it's like it's out of my control yeah. you know it's it was out of his control it was out of his agent's control or his lawyer's controls we, we couldn't do anything about it so it was what it was he was excited about it it didn't happen all we can do is wait until his contracts are up with disney and then we'll see what we can do oh well hopefully i mean you know how many more ant-mans can they make i mean <laughs> No, I know I'm Marvel. assuming there's probably going to be four. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't know too much about Marvel. We're not covering that here until, uh, what is it, November and December. Then I'll have to sit down and watch all of them, so I'll uh, get up to date with how all that is. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Marvel fanatic, so I'm all about Marvel. X-Men is my life, mm-hmm. but Marvel is me as a whole, and I'm all about any Marvel anything. Right, so you're all... Uh, so then you know all with the Avengers and all that. So well, that's my co-host John. He all he knows all that stuff. I have no idea. Oh, absolutely. I can, I can geek out about Marvel for days straight. Oh. Well, it's a shame John couldn't be here because he would love you. Because he oh yeah, you, we, I have no we idea. definitely yeah. This whole interview would have been sidetracked into Marvel. Exactly. <laughs> you get me going and I can't stop. Oh, so. sure. Well, maybe after December when we're all done with you know when I have, you know I've seen them all by that point. Uh, you know, then I'll have a different uh, spin on everything. But for now, I have no idea what the hell it is. But um, but you brought up conventions. So yeah. any weird convention stories that you have, any, like, weird happenings where, 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 you know, just out of control people that you've dealt with, fans, celebrities, anything like that? Um, you know... It's hard to say. Um, when I when, when I put out a new documentary, I do attend conventions as a guest in signing. But then the other fifty percent is me just booking clients and other celebrities at shows. So, you know, and even when I do that, like occasionally people bring up their Chris Link memories poster or Never Sleep Again poster and have me sign those, and which is really cool and awesome. But you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like. I don't really have any weird fan stories um, because here's the thing. Like we all know that there's fans out there that take things too far who might be strange or weird or crazy, but those people don't usually leave their house. Right. Um, any people that we've ever met at shows that I've ever met have always been 
the I mean, I've met so many people that I continuously stay in touch with. I mean, that some of them have become really close friends of mine. And, you know, so they're just the greatest people. Like, it's so weird. It's, I dread going to family reunions because what happens at family reunions? Somebody's always fighting with someone. Like, it's the typical family reunion. I don't know of anyone who's had a perfect one. Maybe you have. No, I haven't. Never. But, exactly. But when you go to a horror convention, it's like a family reunion, but everyone's happy and getting along. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has that same story of whatever film they've related to and it brought them through either a dark time or a hard time or you know whatever was going on in their life like they were able to escape and relate and you know it it, like it's just a happy time like it's it's a time when all these people come together and they celebrate these movies and the funny thing is it's like people always say oh these are b films they're low budget films but you know what more people celebrate these films than they do Titanic. Oh, exactly, yeah. You know, it's like these films, like, they, they have this life and these legs and a way to just bring people together. And those uh, and huge motion pictures don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's just a special, special time. I mean, convention people are so great. And I just, I don't have any weird stories, honestly. Um... I mean, unless you see Gary Busey, you know, in his underwear and a robe going down to get ice cream and he fills up a giant bowl of it. You know, I I mean, there's I mean, but that's Gary, you know, that's Gary. So it's like, I don't think anyone was shocked. Right. No, he's Um, crazy. You know, so, yeah, I mean, no, I don't. I I mean, there aren't really any bad stories. You know, there's. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a fun, super time. Yeah, I know the few Monster Manias that I've been to, they've all been, you know, classic. It's just a shame that, you know, I haven't really been any to any that you've been involved with. Uh, you know, that that's that's just a shame because I'd like to, uh, you know, be able to meet Other you. Other than Monster Mania? Uh, no, you, Monster Mania is the one that's, like, closest to me because I guess it's in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So that's, like, maybe 20, 25 minutes from me. I think that's the closest. Well, I've done, like... Seven or eight monster manias. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been it's been a while since I've been there. So I think the last one I went to was was that where? Wait, yeah, I think the last one I went to. I know Tom Matthews was there. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Maybe if you yeah. were there, that was before I knew of you. So that you know. Yeah, anytime Tom's been there, I've been there with him. Oh, okay. Then yeah, you probably so, were there. But you know, I'm so most of the time I'm running around like a maniac. Like I like as much fun as they are, like I still have business to do. Like it is work. Right. So, you know, I am running around like crazy and I always feel terrible because I don't get to like, you know, hang out and just chill with people like I would love to. But, you know, unfortunately it is work for me. So Yeah, it's a, I mean and um this being Pride Month, I know Legion, our network, is like very much trying to acknowledge it and bring it to the forefront. Um, yes. Have you noticed anything positive or negative that would have affected your career in either way? Um, mm, you know, honestly, if anything, it's had a positive effect. Um, being a homosexual myself, it's you know, when you're a kid, like, obviously I knew something was different about me. Like, you know, I would see, you know, my mom and my stepfather kiss, or I would see people, you know, in public do that or holding hands. And I would, you know, and I'd see that. And I knew I was different because that didn't seem like the norm to me. I mean, it was, I, I, it was fine. I saw people do it, but I just knew that that wasn't me. And, you know, so you obviously as a young kid, you don't speak your mind about it, you know, or, you know, you, you don't know. It's a growing experience, just like a heterosexual. It's just you, we all have kid phases and we don't even get into that until older. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, it, 
obviously being a homosexual, you don't come out and say, I'm a homosexual because obviously there's bad reactions to that to a lot for a lot of people. And so we kind of grow these darker demons inside of us holding in a secret until we're comfortable with saying it. And these horror films help you cope. Like, because most of the time, I'm, I'm trying to find a, a good, um, okay, look at um, Return of the Living Dead. It's one of the first horror films I ever saw. And, which is my life doing a complete full circle because now I'm really close friends with all of them and I rep them. You know, I did the documentary. It's just strange. But watching that, you see these characters in these films and they're not all popular. They're not, you know, there's, especially this one, there was like uh, a character for everyone in there. Someone could, re everyone could relate to at least one character in that group of people. And, I saw that they were different and, you know, and I knew I was different. So you just kind of relate and you see them go through hell. And my personal hell is not being able to tell this secret that because I'm not sure if it's okay and I'm not sure if it's right and everything else. So if anything, being a homosexual, I've related to these films, these horror films who have strong leading women and it, you know, a lot of gay men can relate to women better than they can to guys. And it it helps. It helps. It was like private therapy, almost. Like knowing you can overcome something that's so taboo to the general public. You know, I grew up in Michigan. Hello, middle America. Um, it, it helped. It helped me cope with things and handle things. And I basically just kind of slid on into who I am. And when I came out, it was okay. Like I, I'm one of the lucky ones. I had no repercussions. So, and then as I got older, like I noticed it's like gay men love their horror. It's so, it's strange. Every Friday night I go to West Hollywood and I have movie nights with my favorite gays in the world. And the we all relate, like we all go to these, we love horror. We all watch these horror films that we can relate to. And we've always watched it. It's gay. The gay community has such a love for horror. And as the years come by, like I, I used to think it was just me because I don't ever remember in school, anyone watching these movies. Like I used to just watch them by myself, but there's such a huge following. Like we have special screenings. Um, I was, let's see, what is the last one I go to? I just went to a big screening of Elm Street 4 in Hollywood. And obviously I know the cast, so that was great seeing everyone. And and But the audience, mm -hmm. probably more than half were gay. It's like there's just this crazy connection between the gay community and horror. It's It's wild. So I definitely feel that because I am gay that, it's had such a positive impact on what I do in this business, in this particular genre of business. So yeah, it's definitely been positive, never negative. I, I couldn't even imagine there being a negative aspect to it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wouldn't think so, but I, you know, cause, um, uh, it's just, cause it seems to me, like I said, you just seem like somebody who just your regular average guy and you just, I am. Yeah. You I mean, you've done something incredible with your life that I think, you know, anybody would be just, I mean, I'm envious just because it, you've done, it seems like everything you've wanted to do. That's just, it's great. Well, I wouldn't say I've done everything I wanted to do, <laughs> Well, but you know, it's, it, you know, it's a work in progress. You know, I'm still young. I still have time. It's all development. I, I've been very fortunate to know when I was young, I knew I was going to do something in the entertainment industry. Mm. I, I knew it. I knew it. I told everyone I was going to do it. I didn't know what form it would take though. And I'm very lucky to be able to do many different things in the entertainment. And it's just taking what you love and turning it into a job. 
and everyone can do it. It just it just takes time. And I know people like they 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 work their nine to five jobs and they get defeated because it, it just takes time. You just have to work until something pays off. And a lot of people get lost in the nine to five job and they forget about what they love and what they want to do. But you can everyone can turn what they love into a career. One hundred percent. It's possible. It's very possible. Is there anything else that you uh, you know want to say to anybody who's listening that 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 might maybe want to you know get into this? Yeah, just you know it, it. Just work hard. You know, honesty is the best policy. You know, this business is full of snakes, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of bad people in this business. But don't fall into that. Just keep being do do it the honest way do it the nice way there's no need for hostility and backstabbing and lying and drama there's just no need for it and you just gotta work hard and it'll happen and you know just you know you just have to stay true to yourself and and you have to all even though it's something you love you still have to treat it as a business because the minute you don't it's you're done like it'll be done because it'll get the best of you so I, I just, you know, I'm always up to talk to people about it. You know, everyone can write me on Facebook or Twitter. On Twitter, I think my handle is at Mikey Streaming. Um, Facebook is just under Mike Perez. My website is michaelperezentertainment.com. You know, you can email me there. You know, and, and I'm always willing to help and talk to people because, you know what, it's people are going to tell you no on your journey. Doors are going to shut people are going to tell you no but you can't take no for an answer you just have to keep going and someone's going to say yes and depending on what you do you may be your own boss but even then you still answer to other people and people are going to say no you just have to stay positive and just keep going like there's always going to be walls that you just have to climb over and that's uh mike i just have to say thank you so much for joining us and, uh, oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Hope to have you back again. Definitely. You, you are an amazing guest, an amazing person, and it oh, was such you. a pleasure to be able to talk to you today. Oh, pleasure's all mine. Man.
<gasps> that was horrible. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.